Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmart, your complete tool center. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Oh, yes, aren't we pumped? We're all pumped. Uh, what was a fantastic weekend of AFL footy. Now, I'm going to throw out a question. Kim Hagdorn's just in the studio. I'll introduce Haggers in a moment on Monday night. I'll ask you a question, see if you've got the answer. Why was Gillan McLaughlin, the CEO of the AFL in Perth, to view Fremantle versus the Western Bulldogs, where you think he may have stayed in Melbourne to be part of of the uh, Collingwood-Geelong blockbuster. We've got the answer to that, so don't go away. And this is going to be breaking news here on Drive with Peter Vlahos as I welcome Kim Hagdorn. Now, Haggard's a very good evening Hello, to you. Pete. Hello, Peter. How are you? Everyone out there, I suppose uh, all Fremantle fans have taken one breath and now the, the, the heart is still be pulsing whether yeah. they're going to get to Melbourne or, or whether how far they're going to go. I don't discount Fremantle beating Collingwood on well, that's, Saturday. That's a general just, consensus yeah, at the moment, I just isn't think it? You'd have to, the way they went about getting themselves back into the game uh, after the Bulldogs went out to that 41-point lead, we'll come back to that, uh, the lead, and, and, and then... But just in, in summary, the way they got back into the game, I think epitomises the, the confidence that there is in this young group at Fremantle. Uh, and it was those young leaders that actually got them back. And the likes of Caleb Strong, best on ground, uh, clearly for mine. Uh, there'd be other rivals, mm. justifiably, but I think he was clearly my best on ground. In actual fact, in the in the four games over the weekend, Peter, I thought there were some standout best on grounds in each of the four games. I thought Lockie Neal on Thursday night was just amazing. Just an incredible finals performance. Uh, I thought Luke Parker, maybe Clayton Oliver, but Melbourne lost, so I'm going for Luke Parker as best on ground in that game, Sydney and Melbourne. Darcy Moore was best on ground for mine, even though Collingwood lost against uh, Geelong because he outplayed Tom Hawkins. Yeah. Plus, his clearance work was just incredible. And then Caleb, Caleb Sarong on Saturday night. Uh, but it was the way that they that Freeman got back in the game, this this gay abandon, this youthful exuberance of they just, nothing seems impossible to them. And that's how they seem to get back in. And even, I must say, and I have no witness to this, Peter, other than my own notes here that I can read from, when, when Fremantle with 41 points down, but then Jai Amos at the 12-minute mark took a nice little contested mark and had a set shot from 15 metres out. And hit the post. Yep. And then two minutes later, Walters plays on where he shouldn't have and mm. missed. I thought, Fremantle aren't out of this. It's a bit like, I liken it to drop slips catches. And it was when you, if you keep dropping them in the slips, well, just keep nicking them because sooner or later we're going to catch them. And now I thought, Fremantle, if they can get close, there was too much time left in the game at the 14-minute mark of that second term, you thought, well, they'd have to kick two or three and get that defence of theirs working, which has been their, their cornerstone all year, Fremantle's defensive back group of seven. It's a main six, and Walker plays his part through rotation. But that they only had to get that into gear, and they did. And when you think that Young and Ryan 
Ryan started a bit sluggishly, actually. Yeah, well, didn't they all? He made some mistakes, didn't which is all? quite unconventional, and we and, don't used to see that from Luke and, Ryan. And but people, he got better as the game went on. Clearly. And people have said to me uh, throughout today, you know, how, how did one we, – we've seen how Fremantle won the game, how they got back into the game, but how the heck did they get to be 41 points down? Mm. And I, I think you'd have to say that the, the first 35, 40 minutes of the game – that the Bulldogs just dominated around the ball, got the inside 50 entries, and, and they were making the most. There were field goals, there were running goals, there were snapshots from the likes of Bontempelli, but their key forwards were also not involved, and that's what I also thought. If, if defence can tighten up and Brayshaw and Sarong and Brody can get working, uh, Fremantle can get back into this. And I thought, well, they might be a few goals down by half, three or four goals down by half time, but they're still going to be around about the place. I thought, oh, this is going the yeah. whole way. But they got control. So early... The answer to what happened was that the Bulldogs won their game, but their defence is always just so vulnerable, mm. isn't it? We said that on Thursday night. Yeah. And that's how Fremantle got back into it, particularly with their defenders winning and, and, and running the ball out wide. It's Fremantle's preferred game, and it could be the sort of game that could get Collingwood as well. All right. I think unlikely, but it could. It could be uh, certainly a fantastic uh, game. We've got two big ones, Melbourne against Brisbane, of so, course, Collingwood against Fremantle. Now, Haggers, we want people to get engaged in the Tempera Bedshed text line 0487 736 736 or the Scarborough Toyota open line. You can call 13 12 55. Now, I, I teased at the top of the program that Gillam McLaughlin was in town and was cited, uh, of course, at the game between the Western Bulldogs visiting Fremantle here at Optus Stadium. And many thought it was surprised that he was here and maybe not at the MCG as part of the 91,000 there where it was Collingwood against Geelong. In the standout final, when you look at the crowd and the opponents uh, on Saturday, he was here for a reason and there's been a lot of speculation on why he was here and you've got to the bottom of it, Hags. Yeah, Peter, look, the AFL heaviest hitters had good cause to celebrate, didn't they, on Saturday evening? Uh, it was it was an outstanding start to the finals. Forty three points total was yeah. the spread between the four the four games. So they they had a lot to celebrate. The likes of Gillan McLaughlin, Richard Goiter, and Kerry Stokes. They kicked on till after midnight in their corporate box at the, Did at the stadium. After midnight, celebrating, confirming the new broadcast rights is my understanding. Mm -hmm. So the television broadcast rights, still two years away to for conclusion for the current agreement, but my understanding is the celebrations in their corporate box with the AFL heaviest hitters on Saturday night was, was congratulating each other, appreciating each other, because Channel 7 and Fox will continue as the broadcast rights holders for Australian rules football beyond 2024. The details of how long I haven't been able to glean the, the, the suspicion is five years beyond 2024 mm -hmm. that we will continue. This is where it, it becomes valuable, I think, to all of us with traditional coverage from Seven and Fox. I know Fox, you have to have a subscription, but it is growing, but you're going to get your free to wear. So the agreements will be pretty much as as, 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 as they are. Them. Yep. Because there was a... But more a, money, more money from There was a Seven bit of concern about the free to wear coverage in states like Western Australia and South Australia. Yeah. Uh, your uh, understanding is that won't change. What we've seen in the last few years will remain. The best that I can get. The best that I've been able to get, Peter, is that, let's repeat, that finally we have an agreement between seven, that's Kerry Stokes and Fox, with the AFL, Gillan McLaughlin, Richard Goiter, Kerry Stokes, AFL administration, celebrated 
the conclusion of their negotiations for, that have gone on for years but for the broadcast rights from beyond 2024. It was done here in Perth on Saturday night at this glorious stadium that is ours. And that's why Gillian McLaughlin was mm. in Perth, Peter, because Kerry Stokes and Richard Goyder were here as well. They had to finalise that deal and they celebrated till well after midnight on Saturday night here in Perth. Okay, good on you, Hags. Thanks for that. And as we know, the current arrangement is, I think that Channel 7 have the access to three games per weekend and Fox the other six games. Is it four? I was under the impression it was three. Friday, Friday night, night, Saturday, Saturday afternoon, Saturday and night, Saturday night, and Sunday. I thought it was four, Pete. But yeah. you, you're probably you're the TV man. Well, I'm not really. I'm on radio here. But I was believe I thought it was under the impression of three and six. But we'll, I'll stand to be corrected. We'll check on that. Tempera Bedshed text line zero four eight seven seven three six seven three six or the Scarborough Toyota open line thirteen twelve fifty five. So the deal was done. And the uh, champagne corks were popped yep. on Saturday night after the Dockers win. I'm surprised you weren't there. You were oh, here no, calling the game no. on your way out. They would have said, oh, Mr. Vlahos, call yeah. in. Come in. We're celebrating well, the new broadcast rights. Well, you've jumped. I read an article in the national newspaper today uh, in the media section. Uh, this is the Australian suggesting that it may go that way and possibly there could be an announcement by the weekend. Well, well you've I, jumped that. It, you've, you've announced it here on the Drive program. And we've got to be very careful because my informant said to me, I don't think Channel 7 will like this being announced before they announce it mm. with the AFL. And I said, look, look, I'm only on Monday night. I can't wait in case it's announced early before mm. Thursday. I was uh, told that it could be announced by on Friday, possibly at a press conference before the Melbourne-Brisbane yeah. uh, game. Yeah, so, so actually at the MCG, you mean? So in yeah. that the official AFL function, I they won at every game. Yeah, and I think Gillian McLaughlin will put himself up at the MCG with a press conference with Richard Goiter, and they'll go from yeah. there. I'll tell you what else is breaking this afternoon, Peter, and I'm, I'm stealing your thunder. Willie Rioli from West Coast. I had him in notes here for, for our number one West Coast Eagles issue to discuss. But the boys are telling us Jimmy's been right across the, the breaking news around the country. I'm staggered that Willie Rioli has declared his intention to want to go to Port Adelaide. It's a four-year deal, better than the two-year deal he's been offered at West Coast. And I can see that from the money viewpoint. When If Willie Rioli's offered $450,000 a year for two years and then $550,000 a year for two years beyond that, so a four-year mm-hmm. deal. So correct my, my figures, but is that $2 million over, over four seasons? I think it is. Even that. West Coast was only a two-year deal. West Coast had put up with really only for the last two years not playing. This is a pretty ordinary act on behalf of Willie Rioli. West Coast won't be able to say that. I think a lot of other people will tiptoe around this decision from Willie Rioli to walk out on West Coast. As much as it's a better deal, West Coast had looked after this man mm. and his family. They'd done a lot behind the scenes, a lot. West Coast will never be able to reveal it all and never be able to say, we think this is an ordinary act. I think it is. All right. Let's go to Alex, who joins us on the Scarborough Toyota open line. 13, 12, 55. You can sell your car to Scarborough Toyota, any make or model, and they buy all makes and models and service all makes and models as well. Hello, Alex. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks, guys. Um, Haggis, your analysis of the um, Geelong um, yep. Collingwood game is quite interesting. But did you notice that um, Hawkins sacrificed his game to an extent, by blocking Darcy Moore in a lot of marking contests. Uh, yeah, look, I, I, yeah. So you're defending Tom Hawkins, eh? I, I think. No, it's not, not defending him. Yeah, I'm just saying that he's part it. of the tactics. Yeah, yeah, which creates 
and room and for someone else, doesn't it? But I, I still think, I mean, Darcy Moore's attack into packs, I mean, I th- correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Alex, I think it was something like six intercept marks that he took. So let's call them four contested marks, one or two where they don't call it a contest. I, I like to, but mm. I thought his game was – I thought he was best on ground. But if you've picked up – and I did see Hawkins at times. I thought it was more that Hawkins had perhaps even been buffeted a little bit by Darcy Moore's body uh, efforts approaching the pack. I thought Darcy Moore's body work on, on Tom Hawkins, who's such a big, strong, powerful man, he usually – Buffett's blokes, his opponents out of the way. Tom Hawkins, doesn't he? I thought Darcy Moore stood up to that, but no, it's it's a it's a good analogy, Alex. But uh, but, and I think that's to, the sort of person Tom Hawkins is. Yeah. He, he's he's lauded for being a good team man. Good on you, Alex. I was wondering whether, uh, you go on. I was wondering whether it's legal what Hawkins was doing. Oh, probably not. Yeah, probably not. But I, I tell you what, Alex, you've probably triggered something else that I reckon Collingwood fans would be willing to jump on. I thought there was a lot of things that went on that didn't benefit Collingwood on Saturday that were illegal. I thought there, I thought if you tackled a man and he held the ball and made no attempt to get it out, it was a free kick for, t- for, for a good tackle. I thought if you were pushed in the back, I thought if you were held high like Ginevan tends to get, I, I thought Collingwood was a bit unfairly treated by the umpires yes. on Saturday. So that might be one you've picked up on as well, Alex. Yeah, here's Craig McRae, the Collingwood coach on the umpiring. Um, I thought we, we didn't get rewarded for our tackles. I... I don't know. That's something we'll look at, and AFL will look at that. And I thought we had a lot, of, lot of awesome tackles that didn't get rewarded. And kind of funny that you, you know, run someone down for a bit hard, and then you don't get rewarded. But then someone just drags it in underneath you, it's holding the ball. Oh, that doesn't sit well with me. Mm. That's Craig McRae uh, after, of course, uh, the loss. Let's get a couple of texts before we go. Tom, who's on the Scarborough Toyota open line at thirteen twelve uh, fifty five, come and join us. Uh, Jack from Padbury says, "I was sitting in the crowd watching. Never lost faith." I said out loud that being that far down was just going to make the win that much sweeter. Go, Dockers. Young team oh, ready for evidence. sustained success. I want some evidence that that was said <laughs> at the 20-minute mark before they started the comeback of the second uh, term. Norman Kalgoorlie listening on 1611 SEN in the goal field. He says, Frederick awesome, Walter's awesome, Brasher awesome, uh, Switkowski is that? Uh, awesome and Caleb Sarong, awesomeness. Yeah, they were very, very good. Uh, they keep coming through. Jack of Balcata, Kim. There are rumours circling that Channel Nine have put in a huge offer for the AFL television rights. Have you heard anything? Uh, but well, uh, as you've just well, pointed I'm, out, but I think we've we've been. So who's what's the name on that one? Uh, that was Jack of Balcata. Jack, I think um, we, I think we've discussed it a little bit on air, but more so off air. My understanding is that Nine's bid was never serious and that and the AFL have continued to work with Seven and Fox with the endeavour to try to do the right thing by those that have done the right thing by, the, particularly Channel 7, by the AFL and, and Aussie Rules Football for 50 years. Mm, mm. So I, I don't know that Channel 9 was ever serious in this. Uh, I don't know anymore if, um, if, if that call... Uh, I think you've been across it too, Peter, uh, more so than I. Uh, I'm not surprised by the way that you've reported that Seven and Fox will continue their arrangements. Uh, we, who, who do we believe that Nine reportedly is saying Junior Early is joining Port while a Seven reporter is saying he's still not decided yet? So, but uh, let's Port's, take, let's Port's, take, Port's pretty strong at the moment. Let's take it a step it? further because... My understanding is the West Coast have known about this for at least a fortnight, that Willie Rioli was going to be asked to be traded to Port Adelaide. 
There's been Port, there's been Richmond, there's been North Melbourne talking with uh, Willie Rioli and his management. My understanding is from as recent as about half an hour ago, everybody that uh, West Coast have been aware that Willie Rioli was going to go for some weeks. Mm. We even talked about it last Thursday and I had heard that some players and Willie Rioli, Willie Rioli had said to some of his teammates, oh, look, I'll probably sign. That's not the case, and it's West Coast management have known about it for some time that he was going, and, and I'm I'm prepared to call it an ordinary actor. I, I think he owes West Coast a lot. However, it was only a two-year deal by seems from West Coast. It's a four-year deal from Port. Port Adelaide, I think, are pouring money on one or two of these players because Ken Hinckley's desperate to to be about the place at the end mm. of next year. If Ken Hinckley's involved in encouraging a player, let's forget about Rioli for right, right now. He's the one that's taken this this four-year deal at, at two million dollars over those four years. Ken Hingley's most important facet is 2023. If he doesn't have a good year, he's not there in 2024 when these bills are getting paid to a bloke who might not be earning it. Yeah, let's go to Tom at Bayswater, who's joined us on the open line at 13 12 55 for Scarborough Toyota. Hello, Tommy. Afternoon, gents. Haggis, I think you might be being a little bit... Maybe a little bit harsh there on uh, Rioli taking the deal. I mean, West Coast have got a well-publicised record of perhaps not always supporting the players under their regime when they've had to. And we're talking about a number of those ex-players that are pretty well documented. And they've built a reputation on being a ruthless club when they've needed to be to chase success. But I think that it can cut both ways. And it's not an ordinary act. It's just the commercial nature of football now. I think that um, West Coast, if they're going to live by the sword, at times they're going to die by the sword. Which, which uh, you're indicating to me then, Tom, that uh, West Coast have pushed Willie Rioli. You know, what I'm indicating is is that some of the past players they've had under their under their watch, particularly around if we're talking sort of early two thousands, who perhaps weren't given the sort of care and attention and pastoral care they needed and I understand they're trying to change their culture. Mm. But takes a long takes a long time for a leopard to change its spots, put it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Rioli's well within his rights to take the best deal for him and his family because West Coast have demonstrated the same, I suppose, attitude to their players over time and they've been chasing success. Yeah. So no, I think that, that, that's, that's, that's a, a fair good call, point. Tom. Very good yeah, point. Thanks Very for your point. call, Tommy. But, Appreciate it. And look, and I think, don't get me wrong, four years to make $2 million as opposed to a two-year deal at West Coast. Well, let's say that's an extra million. Mm. But Willie Rioli's, he and his family in the NT are never going to see, probably. So I can see the commercial side of it. I think it's pretty ordinary that Willie Rioli, and also that this has taken so long. Why, why, why have we waited? Why have we been told numerous times that oh, Willie will probably sign? Uh, I, I think he has been given very good care and welfare over the last two years, especially when he hasn't played the game. Willie Rioli plays the two nineteen finals, the two twenty finals, fully fit and healthy and West Coast may not be in the plight they're in now. Okay, we're going to take a break. Come back with more in a moment. 18 past five, come and join us. Uh, we've got plenty more uh, SMSs to get through on the temper of bedshed text line 0487 736 736. Continue calling. Scarborough Toyota open line is open and ready for business. 13 12 55.